Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles, the international edition. And I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England Zone Van Helsink. And with me, all the way across the Atlantic Ocean, and I guess the farther the western portion of the UK is the gold standard in ghost hunting himself, Mr. Steve Parsons. Hey, how are you? Good. Is is it the farthest? Uh, well, well, there's a part of uh, Cornwall that's a bit further west, but with the furthest, yeah. well, one of the furthest, most westerly points. Most westerly, yeah. People get you know confused about. Uh, the UK, England, and all that, and and locations. I know I do, and and I know you do, and I, I you know, I lo- know the country, and I love the country, but I get always bottled up on uh, directions and stuff. It's like, well, uh, huh, huh, okay, huh? yeah, exactly. But anyway, so it's quite, I, I, it's quite simple. North is at the top, south is at the bottom, east always. is to the left, and not west always. is to the. It depends on what side you're orbiting from. Oh, okay. Hey, speaking of offing, yeah. uh, yeah. you're listening to Ghost Chronicles in the right here on Tojanet and Pararex. Um, you know when you were up in the, the space? Uh, yeah, I was, I was only there this week. Just gone. Yeah, yeah. When you're up in you know, the space know station well. and everything else. And, and, and everybody sees the, like the astronauts floating around and everything. Well, I don't know. Go on. What? I don't know where you're going with this, but go on. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? The astronauts floating around, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know they're actually not floating, but they're falling? Yeah, I do. The law of um, uh, I I can't remember the which of the law of the physics. It's ballistics anyway, mm-hmm. because in order to orbit, you're constant. You're falling at a constant rate, mm-hmm. uh, commensurate with the um, space uh, station. Uh, the no, the circumference of the Earth. Yeah, but you're also the space station is yeah, also falling. falling at yeah. the same rate, so therefore yeah. it looks like you're floating, but you're really not. You're both actually falling. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that so cool? Well, it's very cool. But you know, if you if you throw a ball up at the front of an aeroplane, how come it doesn't just hit the back wall? <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why doesn't it? Because yeah. it's, they have the same launch velocity. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, you know what the interesting thing is? We talked if the about... aeroplane was infinitely long, it would eventually hit the back wall. There you go. Uh, but, you know, we talked in the show before about uh, flat, flat earthers and other yeah. people, skimpers, right? And, and somebody, I remember one conversation we had about somebody who says we're actually using up gravity. Do you remember that? I do. That was a an Ameri- a young American girl who was in an in uh, an eco warrior or an eco warrior, mm-hmm. and uh, she she ranted on social media 
that the world's better wise up because we're going to run out of gravity because we're using it all up as the population gets bigger and we big build big giant buildings and cars. We're going to run out of gravity. Yeah, well, the, the interesting thing about it is in, in some way she, she is making sense that you can lose gravity and, and the Earth has lost gravity. It, it, a, no, no. Can I finish, or you, you just? Well, uh, if you want to, if just, you want to keep, if you want to keep breaking the laws of physics. No, I, I'm not. So actually, there's a great portion uh, of uh, the Earth that has lost gravity in the Hudson Bay area. The gravity there is is uh, less dense than uh, other portions of the Earth. It, it has disappeared, and they're trying the hardest to solve. Now they can, they they've actually graphed this uh, from the space station, and they can show the. Uh, that it is actually uh, less there, and there oh, are. I, some... I agree with that. That's perfectly okay, but it hasn't. Well, why are you saying no? Yes, they lost gravity because no, they haven't it's... lost gravity. Yes, it's just, it's the Earth move, it's... was no. The Earth was no. always the same at the at one point, and then this particular area has lost yeah. gravity, and they do and... not understand why. Well, evidently you a... do because you know. Well, everything. I don't. But well, yeah. Well, that's what you're telling me. Well, what, well, for one, the Earth hasn't lost any gravity, but there are certain gravity is not constant across the surface of the globe. Uh, there are areas where uh, the mass of the planet is or the is denser, and therefore the gravitational pull of those areas is more or is greater or lesser. And what science has speculated is that the uh, these regions which vary where gravity is decreased compared to adjacent parts uh, of the globe, is one of the, one of the theories mm -hmm. is that the inner iron core, which is a liquid ferrous core, uh, although nobody's ever been to check. No. Um, so they used a dipstick, but it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> swirls about and, of course, creates uh, sort of areas of greater and lesser density. And... Actually, one of the one of the coolest things about gravity is that science doesn't actually know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, it can explain what it does because it's right. it's acting on a fixed body, you know. So, uh, planet, um, we can do really cool stuff. We can put uh, spacecraft onto asteroids and orbit the Earth and orbit the Moon and do, do all that cool, crazy stuff with GPS satellites. But the actual force itself, uh, like magnetism. Um, are principal forces that science really can't yet under, uh, explain. Yes, but it does understand the facts. Like, for instance, yeah. we everything in this Earth is driven by gravity as far as its uh, uh, physical nature. And, for instance, mountains can only go so high on Earth because of the gravity. Uh, mammals on, on land can only grow to a certain portion because of the gravity, while in the water, they're twice the, the mass because of the buoyancy of the water. They've been able to go around or defeat gravity, actually, in doing that. Uh, even trees can only grow a certain height because of gravity. Uh, it, it's don't dinosaurs all... kind of break that rule then about uh, no, they don't. Land, land animals growing to a certain size? No, they don't. Well, a brontosaurus is much bigger than an elephant. Yes, it was at that time, yes. So are you saying gravity was less then? Yes. No, yes, gravity was less then. Absolutely. Okay. The, uh, the, uh, 
for instance, if you go onto the moon, you'll see mountains that are uh, much, much higher than the I'm highest. I'm sorry, it was because dinosaurs were full of helium. Yeah, that's it. That's that's really. If you go to the Macy's Parade, you'll you'll find out. Yeah, that's because true. because yeah. we had a we had, we had a, a higher density of he, a higher proportion of helium in the atmosphere sixty five right. million years ago. So of course the dinosaurs were breathing in helium, um, and of course that would make them lighter because then they would float more. They were so also they... bigger, which uh, was able to uh, <laughs> support the land mass, which is why an elephant weighs so much. But his their legs are like trunks. They needed to support the the mass and uh, the other uh, cool thing, of course, is is that uh, uh, gravity also uh, you know affects uh, human nature, which you've discussed many times the pull of gravity on on uh, people and and objects and plants. well, there is there is some interesting research that's been done that correlates the phases of the moon, which of course the moon is uh, is a mm -hmm. primary force in uh, its gravitational field affecting our tides. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, I mean, the old phrase, the lunatic, um, comes from the fact that during periods, it was noted way back in the 17th and 18th century that during periods of, uh, fuller moon and the full moon, that there was a kind of madness that crept over some people. And there's been some, uh, research that, that supports that idea that, uh, not just, not just, uh, our, our emotional and mental cycles, but, for example, women's menstrual cycles tend to fall in line with the local tide cycles um, in areas where they live. They also tend to fall in line with each other due to a hormonal effect as well. But um, it's, it's been um, reported uh, following studies that things like the menstrual cycle, our emotions, um, uh, blood pressure also is affected by local uh, sort of the the sort of gravitational the area gravitational fields which of course are, are lunar driven um, and at periods of full moon uh, there are different effects on individuals on some individual most individuals than at times of a waxing or waning moon mm -hmm. isn't that interesting but if we can i want to drag in a theory of mine here because oh, I was, yeah absolutely that, I was once asked about Psy. Which is this is like the helium in the dinosaurs? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Um, this, this is a, so one of those weird speculations that pops into your head from time to time because I was reading about gravity a few years ago. And we can, we can um, of course, science does understand what gravity can do. It doesn't understand what it is, but gravity uh, acts upon. Yeah. Uh, in a very, very predictable way because it acts upon... Uh, material fixed bodies such as um, planets and rocks and spacecraft and cars. Everything, and everything. Everything. Yeah. Uh, now, there is a, potentially another force. Supposing we give that force a name for a minute and call it psi or psychic force. Why, why, why don't we call it C, Steve? Well, no, we'll call it psi, P-S-I. I like Steve. It's so, you, you thought of it. So. Steve. We'll, we'll call, call it Steve. Steve. We'll call it Steve then. Yeah, there uh, you go. So you have this unknown force, Steve, Steve, that you can't, like gravity, um, it's a force, we don't uh -huh. yet understand it, yep. but it acts only upon the human brain and Ooh. the human psyche. So the effects are, in t are completely variable, therefore unpredictable. So mm -hmm. psi, the, Steve, Steve, and gravity... Yeah. 
might just be natural forces of nature, one which acts on a material physical body and one which acts only on consciousness. Therefore, one is predictable and one appears to be unpredictable, therefore paranormal. Hmm, interesting. I like Steve. It's a good theory. Yeah, it is, it is only a rambling, and unfortunately, you can't test it. So it's you, not really. Have a you theory. ever heard of the Emoto water experiments? The what? Sorry. Emoto water experiments. Oh yes, I have. I've got lots and lots of papers on his uh, water water experiments because another of my random ramblings, which is on the Parascience website, should end, which is www.parascience.org.uk. Uh, if people would like to, many years ago we were rambling and musing about the stone tape because uh, Richard Felix, that mutual friend of ours, was talking oh, about yeah. water tape, about the stone tape. Right. And I said at the time, uh, well, how can it work? And Richard said something about silica and iron oxide. Oh, yeah. I said, I said, well, yeah, well okay. Well, yeah, I understand how if you coat a piece of plastic with ferric oxide, um, you can arrange the, the, the particles and you can record sound and vision onto that tape. But you need a very uh, elaborate mechanism to, to arrange the particles and another elaborate mechanism to uh, read the magnetic fields and then turn that into sound or vision, videotape or audio tape. Um, and he said, yeah, but, you know, it, it's all this iron part. I said, well, how do you get, you know, we need, let's look for a mechanism that a location can record um, uh, thoughts and emotions. Now, there is some research that this Japanese professor was doing that water, and in fact, NASA also looked at using water as a memory medium for a while. So, of course, we, we are made up of about 90-something percent water. Right. Uh, and we breathe in water from our envir local environment because if exactly. you if you take even like a brick wall or a stone wall, um, it's got a you know composition of that twenty thirty percent is is yep. water. Yep. So um, what they discovered, uh, I think it was NASA that actually made this discovery, is if you uh, subject water molecules to electromagnetic fields, it changes the ion bonding within the water molecules. Uh, and rearranges them slightly. And NASA were looking upon this as a memory uh, a memory medium, a new form of uh, sto uh, to store data. Mm -hmm. um, but supposing that the location uh, has these memories imprinted electromagnetically into the water molecules within the mm -hmm. structure. And then could you come along and... The water evaporates out of the structure. Uh, you know, there's a constant change between the, the environment and the water that's contained mm. within it. You breathe it in. Um, the water molecules get into your lungs, uh, crossing the, uh, the barrier into your bloodstream, into the blood-brain, back through the mm. blood-brain barrier, and pops a little memory. Absolutely. So there was, there was a biophysical... It was it was purely a rambling, and it oh, actually, actually, skeptics Steve, hated it, hated it, and we got really? slated for it. Well, I can tell you, Steve, I, I would actually support it, because you, when I was sitting there listening to you, uh, all that information was was basically what I was thinking of as well. And that a lot, what a lot of people don't understand is that the water 
that's on the earth, it doesn't go anywhere. It's here. It's being constantly recycled. Mm -hmm. We have water in our, let's get this, we have water in our bodies that mm -hmm. could belong to dinosaurs, that could have passed, excuse me, passed through dinosaurs, mm -hmm. passed through Hitler, passed through the Queen, and, you know, anyone, really. And, and who, if water can retain any type of memories, why can't we be affected by this water that's passing through us with this energy of some sort or memories of some sort in it? It's, it's right up with what you're saying, basically. Well, we, we we speculated on this about, I think it was about 10 years ago now, and we went as far as to, uh, because the other interesting, fascin uh, fascinating fact, it, it, uh, it's not really a fact, but an anecdotal point about ghosts and hauntings is that they're often very closely associated with water and wet places. Um, a rainy night? Well, lo location-wise, uh, yeah, wet, lo wet and... rainy night too, as well, right? Well, They're also associated with rainy nights and well, I, storms. I, I, well, I'm only really looking at the Atlantic from the point of view of a location-based effect, uh, because okay. places that are wetter, lighthouses, places near seas, rivers, and streams, mm -hmm. um, tend to have a greater uh, a, a greater uh, reporting of haunting type Great, phenomena. Of haunting, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so supposing, and this is how the ramble went ten years ago. So, supposing uh, uh, an event took place that was recorded electromagnetically into the water uh, molecules of the structure. Mm -hmm. Now, in time, they would uh, that the original water memory would fade away as the water evaporated. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, a, it's an odd fact that ghosts tend to fade away as well. But if it's a wet location, then, of course, uh, it's constantly being topped up. And each generation of fresh water is picking up some of that residual memory transferred from the original water, so, uh, water memory. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, rather like VHS tape, the more copies you make, the, the, would, the, yeah. the, the copies and, get less and less. And, of course, over time, uh, ghosts don't only fade away and stop. They also become less distinct. But what we were actually looking for... Was, as, I, I mean, that's kind of a blanket statement, but... Uh, I, well, I it is a blanket statement. Um, yeah. But what we were looking for was, was it possible within the current understanding of uh, science and medicine for there to be... The complex mechanism, the the, the tape recorder that was uh, that that you know uh, wrote onto the ferric oxide and mm -hmm. took the memories from the ferric oxide was could we find a mechanism? And indeed, water supplied the mechanism because there is a common bond between the human brain, which is a big jelly, um, mm -hmm. and we breathe in and out. Yeah, 60% water, I believe. Is that what it is? Well, we, we breathe in and out uh, water vapor because the, the average humidity is between 40 and 70%. Right. Uh, um, most structures that we're involved with are between 20 and 30% uh, water. So water does seem to be a great uh, potential medium. And this, this is what this Japanese... Uh, and indeed, the HeartMath Institute in, in the United States... And the grandson of uh, the famous Professor Albert Schweitzer uh, have all studied this phenomena. Uh, now, of course, the sceptics label this all as pseudoscience. They said what we were saying was pseudo rubbish. Um, you know, we were purely speculating. Who, who is they? 
is there? All of, all of the skeptics here in the UK who thought we oh, were crackers. Okay, there you go. Like, you know, Paris, yeah. Parasites had become unhinged, and they took great delight in, in of course pointy, they did. pointy sticks. Because that's what they do. They hate uh, but what we were really doing, and, it, and it, as it's in its original form, it still appears on the web on the Parascience website uh, as the water the water tape theory, um, and it was just a, a, a amusing, a, a rambling, a, you know, letting your mind what a speculation, right? Uh, to see if you know was there anything that was worth pursuing. Now we eventually developed that into. Uh, we actually put forward a research proposal uh, and a funding request to a leading British uh, paranormal charitable organisation, ASAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, and what we were get, what we were said is, well, as a first stage test of this hypothesis, um, we should measure the humidity in as many haunted locations as we can to see if a more humid location is more haunted than a than an arid location. See, that's that's good science. I like that. And and they supported us. Yeah. Uh, but we never actually pursued it because we uh, we of course were um, speculating. We didn't have any intention really of, of taking mm-hmm. it further because it, it, we could never reach an end conclusion. Um, that would it would be was, interesting to to yeah. To it was it was an interesting speculation. Yeah. And, and and you know it's uh, I, I find that you know even through history itself, water and spirits have always been uh, associated with each other. I mean you, you know like for instance if you go into Concord, Massachusetts, and uh, we have a, a North Cemetery, and this is is so much in many towns they have a North Cemetery and a South Cemetery. Well, it's not that they needed the room from the North to the South. It, it's just that there's also a little stream that runs through the town and the belief of colonial times was that if a body passed over a stream that the soul would become trapped in the waters and that's why they have north and south so they wouldn't have to pass the body over the stream but it it goes back to that same theory that you know there isn't associated with with water and perhaps capturing capturing uh some type of uh uh, recording or, or activity or, or whatever you want to call it, and perhaps a soul, who knows? Well, it, the, the speculation, actually, <clears throat> we speculated. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> excuse me. The, there was a, a researcher back in the uh, 56, about 50 years ago, T.C. Lethbridge, who wrote Ghost and the Divining Rod and um, <laughs> other, other similar books relating to this idea of... Uh, place memory you know could a memory retain uh could a place retain a memory of an event that took place you know that happened there and he identified several possibilities and he based all his uh his initial studies on a uh, a small bay and a with, that had a stream running into it mm-hmm. and he said uh this was in in uh, devon in england and he said that um that it was his belief from experimentation, a personal experimentation, that there were certain areas closely related to water where um, emotions were retained by the landscape and that water was implicated in this. Mm-hmm. So the, if you look all the way back, though, to the ancient Celts and the uh, here in the UK, you know, you have the Celts and the, the, the Druids, of course. 
they all they all held you know the drooling their, druids the drooling druids but they held many of their religious ceremonies um were involved with water many of the uh, archaeologists here in the uk have discovered that many ancient ponds and pools hold you know uh, many sort of uh, ritual and sacrificial objects that have been cast into these ponds sure. and pools as a as a you, as an offering to the, the gods. Sword, just right off the it, top there is a, there is a great example excalibur being uh, thrown thrown back into the lake and being received from the lake originally uh, so this idea of spirits and water being bound together within our consciousness, at least, and within our, our folk memory, maybe has some relationship with um, the stories of ghosts and hauntings that are attached to water. It might equally uh, be that there is perhaps some shred of a, you know, an idea in what the, the, the Japanese uh, researcher, uh, scientist... Uh, and also, let's look at homeopathy just for a brief moment, because homeopathy exists you know, on the basis of water having a memory in that you take a drop of an antagonistic agent and you dilute it with water and then you you continue to dilute it with water until there is no trace of the original antagonistic agent. But the water which you administer as a, med- as a medicine uh, contains a memory of the antagonistic agent. Uh, and therefore it becomes a healing a healing um, you know, uh, medicine that's the right. whole the whole basis of homeopathy is that water water retains a memory of uh, the you know the, the droplet of the antagonistic agent that was that was originally diluted it within it even even in the Catholic Church we have uh, holy water what is holy water well it's water that it's now, it's, it's blessed and is conveyed that blessing yeah. is conveyed through the water now I haven't got the immediate research to hand, but it's it, and it's way over and a bookshelf way out of reach. But uh, there was you gotta get, the get longer. Um, maybe I'll American, get you one of those. I'll I get believe, you one of those sticks with that yeah. that open up. You know, in the big long ones, so that we're doing the show, you can do this little grabbing yeah. thing. But I believe it was Schweitzer's grandson at the HeartMath Institute in, in America who mm-hmm. studied differences and found, or he claimed to have found, differences between holy water and ordinary tap water. Holy water is simply water that's been blessed. Um, right. But once the water had been blessed, he, 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 he claimed to have discovered differences within the molecular, uh, the, the ionic bonding, not the, the molecules, but the way that they sort of ionically stick together um, after water had been blessed. And also after people had uh, willed thought or um, emotion into the water. But holy water was one of the things he tested. I'm Absolutely. sure it's the heart. I'm sure it was the Heart Map Institute that did that research, and or and claimed, of course, and of course that's that was also the premise of Emoto's uh, uh, experiments, and and I know we'll come up to the break in in that uh, he subjugated a water to various stimuli, and that water uh, would take on different shapes and and so forth mm-hmm. uh, according to what stimuli they were associated with like oh we're coming up the break but uh, anyways mean, we've, got to, we've got to say that all of this is highly contentious and, and much criticized by mainstream science and the oh, skeptical people and the skeptical keyboard warriors whatever <laughs> so anyways this is a welcome to Tokinet radio with a cutting edge 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. As the music gurgles down the plug hole, um, oh, that was a good. Is that a good link? because yeah, you gurgled down segue. the. Well, you gurgled. Well, the part, end of part one gurgled down some the the great yeah, so plug hole yeah. in the sky. I don't know. Um, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Toginet, Para X, and whoever else will have us, or you're probably listening to on the podcast in reality because uh, that's what people do these days. So you can catch us on iTunes and Toginet and stuff. And we were just concluding a ramble through wet stuff before the break. And the links between the anecdotal and historical links between water and the paranormal. Yeah, and, and, and we were talking a little bit about the Yamoto experiment, which was yeah. uh, the stimuli. And, and, and if you go in, you, you just, you know, you can, I'll see if I can find a link and put it on our page. But if you go and Google it, I'm, I'm sure. And if yeah. you can see the results of it. Uh, what he what he said things like you know Hitler uh, show the picture of Hitler and and the, what the water molecule looked like versus if he would say I love you to it or, or something and, and it's it's intriguing uh, intriguing uh, uh, thing to uh, to look at at least discuss anyways I mean yeah and if you want to look at the parascience musing that's been sitting there for oh, about yeah, ten years www.parascience.org.uk and use the Use the um, site search to uh, look at water memory. Can't you just get the page tape. link and, and post it on our page so they can go um, right to it? I'll see if I can do that as we as we as you ramble on about something else. Yeah, well, we're going to wrap up the water thing, but it's an intriguing thing, and and uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that you know, water being recycled and and how that could explain a lot of things of 
of perhaps what this greater consciousness is, for instance, about and how reincarnation uh, works even, uh, and that water molecules of a, that were in a certain person at a certain time, uh, maybe in a tragic event, was able to be picked up by someone else with the, you know, that when they entered their thing. Well, I mean, we don't know. I mean, it's all speculation, of course, but uh, we talked about holy water, how that is blessed, and, and even uh, we talked about the crystal, we didn't talk about the crystal skulls. The crystal skulls, of course, uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, controversy about them. and, and where Right, it's not waffling from. now because it's on. Okay. So anyways, international Facebook. <laughs> so anyways, I, I actually have I actually have water where one of the crystal skulls was soaked in this water. So I've uh, got a, I've got a crystal skull that's full of some sort of weird, strange liquid. Yeah, it's um, called vodka. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 I got one of those too. So anyways, so that's a, a little rambling about it. And you know, let us know what you think. If you've got a theory of your own, or, or you think we're full of crap, uh, you know, let us know. Uh, you can email me at negostproject.com.com.net. Uh, Excuse me. That's negostproject.com.net. And uh, I'd love or to you hear. Can mess- or you can message the show via our Facebook page. We um, have a message on our page. We do. And we have for a long time. And we're, we're known as being very responsive to our messages. Because I didn't even know I, we had them. I, reply, I tend to reply to them. First oh, so like I don't even get a chance to look at them? Thanks a lot. Well, how come you didn't even know they existed? Oh, that's not besides the point. <laughs> I could I could have had some like good looking chick trying to hit on me and and you, you did. Just scoffed scoffed you did. her up. You know what, you what did. I mean? Damn. You did. See? See what I missed? You did. Damn. Right. I just I just sent her that that picture that we've got of you and your pants. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Speaking about that, you know, we we went to Gettysburg. Rich, with Richard Felix, we st- I stayed in the house with them. We rented this farmhouse down there that was on the battlefield. And uh, anyways, uh, there was one room that nobody wanted to sleep in. Uh, you know, we had, you know, a couple of mediums with us. And they were like, oh, I go in there, blah, 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 whatever. So I said, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> so I went in there, and, and then I, I set up a, a camera, of course, and ran it all night long. But I, I forgot uh, <clears throat> the camera was there. Uh, so, yeah, there's some footage there I don't want seen ever. <laughs> Actually, fu- funnily enough, we had a question because I was doing ghostology all weekend, and yeah, um, I was just going to get to that. That was my yeah. I said I, I want I wanted to give you a nice segue in, and God, thank the, you. That's the, so this, sweet of you. This idea of you're the that, best leaving fixed cameras in locations mm-hmm. um, and affecting the the uh, the way people respond, and, and I said you know in my experience, people very quickly forget there's a camera there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he, uh, as you just so ably demonstrated, yeah, so ably, to, much to my chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, we used to have our uh, uh, many moons ago. We, parascience members used to do investigations, and one of the ways, one of the problems that we had is, you know, this sort of, well, I was on my way to a break, or I was walking down the corridor, and I saw something, but of course, the locked off cameras. So we made all of our team carry. Uh, these were just normal DV camcorders. Yeah. And uh, one of our team, um, dutifully carrying his camera, went to the went to the men's room, and of course, well, he needed both hands, and so he just he put this strap around his neck, and um, oh no, yeah, and he got to turn the camera off. <laughs> Which nice was just pointing straight down. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah. So you do have to be very. So I mean, you know, 
people do forget cameras are there. That was the, the, the point I was making at the weekend. Well, the amazing thing now is with these GoPros they have that we can record just about everything during an investigation, right? Or a walk around Salem, indeed. Or a walk around Salem, true. Or, oh, wait a minute, or a car trip trying to find Salem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's somewhere on one of the face. That's on this Facebook, on the Ghost Chronicles Facebook page. If you scroll back to September last year. Once again, much to my chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> Both of our chagrin. <laughs> but uh, anyways, this this uh, wasn't this past weekend that that you. Uh, or yeah, I've, you... I uh, I returned yesterday in this in the wee small hours. I uh, I uh, there was a, a a relatively new team in South Wales called Cymru, which is the Welsh word for Wales. Cymru Paranormal Investigations, and uh, they they only formed a few. Uh, I think about six, five or six months ago, and they were very keen to get off uh, to a good start. And uh, one of the ways that they wanted to do it was they wanted to do the ghostology course, that, which is based, of course, on ghostology, the art of the ghost hunter, the book I wrote. Um, oh, really? You wrote yeah. a book? It's not as good as yours. Oh. Um, but nonetheless, yes, hmm. as you well know, because it's propping up the copy. Taken. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's a coaster on so, my nightstand. <laughs> so... Uh, Saturday and Sunday, by daytime, um, they they did the sort of the more theory and the interactive uh, sort of uh, study day part of it, and then Saturday night and Sunday night uh, they did short practical practice investigations, putting some of these ideas and developing their team skills. Because one of the things that ghostology doesn't do is tell them how to ghost hunt. Exactly. Uh, what ghostology? What ghostology? Yeah, what goes all ghostology does is give people uh, the you know emphasizes critical thinking skills and discusses you know several of the different aspects that relate to the requirements of ghost hunting. But it would be it would be just be wrong of me to go along and say this is how you must do it because every group of people, every team, every you know they have to find their own method that suits and works for them, and so. Once I've given them the, the, the foundations and some some hints of good practice, you know, things you might want to try, you know, give give it a go this way. They then go off and they look they, they try to find the strengths and weaknesses within their own team and they're put into situations where perhaps the normal team leaders um, are, are give way to the wallflowers, those who um, who prefer to sit in the shadows. It's also um, interesting uh, to see it being in, uh, put into practice because in many, many paranormal teams, and I'm sure New England Ghost Project is, is the same, um, a, a small number of members tend to do the vast majority of, of the uh, background work they arrange oh, the thing really yeah, yeah you see it rings a bell so what what one of the things that ghostology does encourage particularly on the first practical investigation is it it basically says uh right you've got to figure out your own investigation you've got to uh, decide where you're going how long you're going to be there if you're going to have a break how are you going to get there without going past another group um you've got to you know you've got to decide you know, you want to do there, but you've got to integrate it with the other groups who are also want to do there. And watching the sort of the cold horror appear on their faces as they realise, you know, organising even a simple three-hour investigation mm -hmm. requires a huge amount of planning and uh, an input. 
You know what the interesting thing is? Is ghost? I love the way you you set up ghostology, and of course, I do the paranormal CSI, which is actually kind of not the same as yours, as most people would think. It it's more goes into the mythology, where yours is, does not go into the mythology as much. No, it, you let them make up their own mind, right? So actually, a good blend of the two would be uh, fantastic. That's something we should work on. Well, I'm over there in the fall. We have yeah, some, I know. You never know what's going to happen when we still get together, do you? Huh? We, could go to, we could go to the Hooton Mansion. Yeah. We, you never know what's going to happen when you know you and I get together, do you? We don't know from one hour to the next what will happen. No, no. Okay. So you never know. But uh, Ghostology, uh, so uh, w- what places did they, they set up their investigations? Well, they... The, Ghostology doesn't actually need to be in a haunted location, but they've mm-hmm. chosen a location that they were keen Why to. Why not? Because really, it's more about the developing the skills, and you can yeah. develop the skills rather like a flight simulator. You can develop yeah. the skills in, in any location, yeah. uh, and then transplant them to to. That's the just location. more fun. Have some fun. It's, well, they they chose <laughs> the location that they're they're, they're planning to investigate uh-huh. um, in the future, and so they want to obviously. Um, you know, develop uh, the links with the location and put, you know, it was a local uh, art center that they were using so of course the it, it, it's a charitable trust that runs it and so uh, the hire of the location for the weekend provided some much needed funds and it was a very large building it was it was essentially although it was one building it, in actual fact it was it, in reality it was two buildings one atop the other on the top fl- on the top um, three floors was a fully, you know, a theatre, um, a full, a full theatre complex, and beneath it, uh, inside, fully inside the same building, but but entirely separated. The only access between the two was via outside uh, staircases. Uh, was uh, you know a former education centre, now an art centre, uh, and a dance studio. Um, <laughs> so. You know, was, it, was, it, was it my pole dancing studio? No, 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 no. It's ballet and sort of modern dance. Uh, oh, it's well. used. It's used. It was built in the 1920s by the miners uh, because uh, the, the little town of Bedwas, where it was held, which is near, uh, it's just north of, uh, of the uh, Welsh capital Cardiff. Uh, the miners decided that they needed an education institute, and so they contributed one penny per week per man from their wages to pay for it. So it was entirely funded by the local mining community back in the 1920s. And of course, the mines closed in the 1980s, but it's now become the focus of community, you know, uh, an art centre, a community centre. Anybody can hire it. So you've got all manner of clubs and societies uh, that meet there. And then on the upper floors, you have this uh, full theatre, of course, where you, you have... Um, artists coming from across the UK but you also have uh, local theatre and, and uh, drama groups and local musicians also putting on performances it's a, it really was a very large building with lots of potential but we were you know the uh, so it uh, and it does have some, some some stories attached to it and we were very careful not to get too involved in the in the actual uh, stories you know the, the the paranormal side of it uh, because they, the group Cymru Paranormal Investigations um, are quite keen to develop an investigation ongoing into the future. And we didn't want Ghostology to interfere with the, the, the investigation going forward too much. 
and uh, how did it turn out? Did the uh... I, well, interestingly, it's it, we had quite a, quite a high casualty rate on the second day. Really, um, be, largely due to the fact that everybody, uh, with with two exceptions, myself and Dylan Jones, you know, our, our teller of curious tales, well known to this to, to the show, uh, he was there filming it for for a project that we're working on together, and. Uh, they all went to a certain pub chain restaurant for a meal, but Dylan and I stayed back to work on some stuff. And every, and I, you know, I think about eighty percent of them ended up with some food poison to one degree or another. Oh, yeah. So cross uh, that pub list off the uh, yeah. They've crossed that pub list. <laughs> and, I mean, it was fairly unique, and it, it had the highest percentage, you know, the highest casualty rate of any previous ghostology. Wow. But it was, Nothing to do with ghostology. It was entirely due to the catering of a nearby pub chain restaurant. Lovely. Yeah, but the feedback was very positive. Um, and what was what was perhaps best? The best feedback of all was um, seeing the group start to come together. There was some bumping and grinding, you know, as 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 people settled into roles, but people recognising that you know that. Uh, that it was important to get to nurture one another and, and help develop skills and recognize, you know, where there's areas of weakness uh, that those people needed some support and encouragement and where there were strengths that, that those with those strengths should be the ones, you know, to help and encourage and support. And, and so it, it was, it was really cool to watch the team sort of growth and start to come together as a, as a cohesive unit you know, even even the the inevitable sort of bumping and grinding as people settle in is a very positive thing. You know, it can go, it can turn into a full blown argument. I mean, it didn't, but you know, which is which is negative. But you know, sometimes a little bit of uh, resolution of differences of opinion, because this is why ghostology doesn't impose a method on people, because every group has its you know its own membership and its own dynamic and has to find what works for itself and that process isn't always uh, a completely smooth you know buttery smooth process so um, the, the feedback has been very positive and, and uh, you know it was a very tiring it's a very intense weekend because normally ghostology is rarely done in such an intensive format normally uh, there are two separate levels, there's one and two, and normally they they're just done. all into one. Well, normally they're done several weeks or, or, or you know, or months apart. But give people the, a chance to recover. Well, it's only because you know it's it's it starts in the late morning and finishes around midnight. Both, um, but because yeah. we, had, we had a holiday weekend, um, there was then the Monday for people, and the team opted to get it done in one sort of weekend. Excellent. So it, it made for an intensive process. We have a question for you in the chat room from Ghost Girl, and it says, does Steve supervise or observe the investigative team? I observe. Um, I do not supervise. Um, I observe the team. I, I, I wander around and, and chat to them and ask them, you know, uh, why, why did you choose to, to do it this way? Um, so I've got, I, what I'm actually getting them to do is question uh, and consider why they've done something a particular way in preference to... You know, sometimes I make suggestions. There was a group who was sitting... We're talking about the theatre. There was a group that was sitting um, in the theatre 
on the stage in a, and I asked them to you know consider which could they sit in a way that was uh, give them a better viewpoint, um, and so they they thought about it for a moment. And they 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 tried a few different seating uh, ways of sitting around, and they found a better way. Um, oh, excellent. So it's it's a case of observe and encourage and suggest. Uh, I would certainly never impose or interfere or supervise. It's not me saying to them, this is what will happen. I mean, there are certain aspects of safety, for example, um, you know, the, the location, location specific health and safety that we have to go through at the start. Mm. Um, but that's the only level of supervision. What they get up to beyond that, um, the, their own team uh, leaders, uh, also sit out they don't participate uh, so the uh, so one of the uh, two of the team uh, management layer the the founding layer uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what title they have but uh, they they were also in an observer role so they were actually sort of watching and and, and sort of evaluating their own team's strengths and weaknesses excellent and um I, I guess uh, I'm curious too. What, what if they they decided to you know do glass scrolling? Would you would you say anything uh, at that or, or what? No, nope, not at all. I mean, if that's what they choose to do, the only question that, before they do, uh, conduct their investigations, um, I do give them a, uh, what I say to them is at, at different points throughout the night, I, I'll I'll pop around and see, see you, uh, but you have to be able to. If you're whatever you're doing, if you're mm-hmm. sitting in a particular way, or if you're calling out, or glass swirling, or using an EMF meter, or a, whatever you're doing, uh, I'm going to ask you, why did you choose to do it? What are you hoping to gain by it? Excellent. And how and how do you think it will it will advance the investigation? So what I'm asking to, them to do is not just blindly do something for the sake of doing it, but to consider yeah. just because they do it on what, TV, right? Yeah. So I'm saying to them. Do any, you know, whatever you choose to do is fine, but you have to be able to justify, you know, uh, your decision and your your actions in 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 the sort of greater context of an investigation. Right. Yeah, which makes totally sense. And I know we are getting down to us the end of the show, but I I, I, I haven't really had a chance to ask you, but uh, you just a little while back you did a conference. Uh, I believe it was ASAP, was it? Uh. The conference or the study day? They were only a couple of weeks apart. Oh, I'm sorry. So what was, uh, well, just give me a brief... Well, 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 the first of all was, was the ASAP uh, seriously investigated uh, conference, uh, conference on mm-hmm. ghost investigation. And uh, that was, oh, was about six weeks ago now. And we had Paul and Chris, um, who were also at the conference. They got the new show Ghost Chasers here in the UK. Which we, we have to have back on, by the way, for some and reason. We... That show did not get recorded. Yeah, well, I was I was going to inquire about that offer, but, uh, yeah, yeah. but we had that we had them on the show and we talked about what they'd said at the conference. And uh, about three weeks following that, I was in London because last September I presented a paper at the Society for Psychical Research, which was quite critical of academic parapsychology and 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 the Society for Psychical Research. Um, in in that. Um, a lot of there are a lot of people who investigate the paranormal, and instead of you know they are starved of the resources and starved of the the good quality information that the Society for Psychical Research and Parapsychology is ideally placed to 
to, to supply. And because they're starved of, uh, of this resource, because ghost hunting has, has largely been disconnected from parapsychology, it doesn't really want to get involved with the modern ghost hunter, uh, they've turned to one another um, in their desire to, to uh, seek knowledge. So they turn to the television, they turn to Zach, they turn to each other on social media, they swap ideas, really without the input that the SPR or um, parapsychology could and should be providing good quality information. And so I was chivying them um, and suggesting that, that perhaps the SPR and parapsychology should uh, take more of a proactive role and supply these quality information and resource. And it was very positively received. And uh, over the coming months and year uh, ahead, there will be hopefully some better resources for the paranormal investigation community coming at least from the Society for Psychical Research. And hopefully if we keep the pressure on them, the academic parapsychologists also. Hmm. Well, the APSEP conference, when you go to these conferences, I noticed there they have different speakers. You know, you were a speaker there, of course, and mm -hmm. I believe I believe Karen O'Keefe was uh, there as as well, and and so other awesome. other speakers. Uh, what? How do they take their topics, and, and and is it a discussion or is it just a strict lecture? Or how does that work? Well, they. I mean, there is a theme. Um, the ASAP conference was called Seriously Investigated, and its, and its general theme was paranormal investigation. Um, the speakers largely uh, are left to their own devices about which topic they want to cover. And so usually many of them are on a, a sort of a pet rant or a pet topic. Mm -hmm. um, it does lead inevitably to some crossover. And I, I do think that perhaps some better coordination regarding topics and themes um, with the individual speakers should be uh, perhaps imposed a little bit by the by the organisers, because there are some uh, some of, some of the speakers are way off. You know, uh, you know they're they're selling their own stuff, uh, selling books mainly, or mm -hmm. ideas, or promoting television shows. Which you would question why that had a role in a uh, conference about investigation methods and techniques. Well, because uh, that would be television investigation. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was also another speaker who's also been a guest on the show, Kev Kerr, who was talking about the problem, you know, about television and media investigation. So there was, there, there are some, there are often some areas of um, du du uh, duplication or areas of omission. Um, and I think it might be nice where the where, where the conference to give some guidance as to you know themes or, or or topics. Can you look at, for example, or can you talk about this particular area um, of the subject rather than just can you come and give us a talk right um, so, so I, yeah yeah up oh, there's the bell which means we've got to wrap it up so anyways uh that was intriguing and uh you know i i was thinking about this i mean we brought up some some subjects about uh water and uh the water tape theory that you came up with and, and some other theories about gravity and so forth. And, you know, it'd be nice if we had some groups out there that did, did started doing some research on this, no matter, you know, if, hey, if you don't believe it, it's fine. But, you know, it's a good way to take a look at it and see, okay, is there any validity to it? Uh, you know, you know, do a, a controlled experiment. and, and Well, the, uh, simple, the simplest one is the one that 
the simplest experiment they can all start doing is the one that we got research funding offers for, which is, are haunted buildings more humid or wetter than non-haunted buildings? It's a simple one. Measure humidity and... Measure humidity, and you can measure sort of, you know, the water uh, within the structure using these, um, these devices you can get from Home Depot. Oh, excellent. They, so have home, expensive. They, have, they have Home Depot in the UK? Well, we have the, we have the equivalent Home Base. And, uh, what is it? Here. It's called uh, home, home Base? Home Base. Home Base. Oh, excellent. So um, I think they're actually part of the same chain. Probably. I mean, we, we, we lend everything to you and we never get it back. So. Well, don't lend as your president. Yeah, we will. He's coming over. So, anyways, That's the only I, response I could give you was to not say anything. I know I was waiting for the, the quick response, but I didn't get it. So I was like, "Wow!" That was the, that was the quick response. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we've got to wrap it up, and uh, it was it was interesting. I I love I love exploring different theories and and at least looking at them, and and I, to me, that's that's what life is all about. I mean, that's what many of the great scientists did is is they would sit around and they would just shoot well, the breeze. We had many great, yeah, exactly. The Lunar Society here in the UK did exactly that. And There's the tunes. we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so you listen to Ghost Chronicles uh, International with Steve Poss and Ron Kolick and we have run out of time. See you next week. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good love.